if you are forcing yourself to stay in the present moment, even though there are things that are calling you from your past, you might have regrets, you might have situations that have stuck with you that you can't shake people you haven't been able to forgive, even if you haven't been able to forgive yourself, something you wished you hadn't done, anything like that, that still calls to you. If you try to repress it or force it away, you'll know this already, if this has been what you've been trying to do, that it will not stay down. It will not stay gone. It will keep coming back and it will come back stronger every time because you cannot just cut off your past and ghost it in that way. You can maybe for a short time, but eventually it will come back to you because when you're ruminating on something, it means two things. One, it means that you care deeply about that thing. There's something there that sparks deep emotion in you. And also it means that there's a lesson that you haven't learned yet. Welcome to Lit Up AF, the podcast that helps you create a life that lights you up. I'm Jenny Rose, your average 30-something millennial who spent years following the conventional roadmap to success until one day I looked around and realized I was burnt out, uninspired, and living a life that was out of alignment with my dreams and desires. So I threw away the old roadmap and now I'm following my own inner compass as I create a life that leaves me feeling lit up as fuck. I started this podcast because I know that I'm not the only one who did all the right things yet ended up feeling trapped in a life meant for someone else. So if you're feeling stuck, consider this your permission slip to throw out the old roadmap, tune into your inner compass, and create your unique version of happiness, even if it doesn't make sense to those around you. Join me here each week for a dose of inspiration, encouragement, practical advice, and honest conversations with others on a similar journey. Let's dive in. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to Lit Up AF, the podcast that helps you create a life that lights you up. My name is Jenny Rose. I am the host of the show. If you are a new listener, welcome. The Lit Up AF podcast is for you if you are on a mission to create a life that lights you up, driven by your unique desires and purpose, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. If you are a returning listener, thank you so, so much for your continued support of the show. Lit Up AF would not exist without you, and I am so grateful to have you along with me for this journey. Before we dive in today, I need to apologize to you all because I missed this past Tuesday's Attunement Tuesday episode. Things have been super busy around here as I was traveling with my family while I was also juggling a job search and lots of interviewing, so I just did not have the bandwidth for my mini episode this past week, but I am feeling back on track, and not only will you be getting your Tuesday mini episode next week, you will also be getting a very special guest interview today. But before I tell you about today's guest interview, I want to let you all know, in case you missed the exciting announcement in last week's episode, that I have opened up a waitlist for human design readings. Human design, if you don't know about it, is a system for spiritual awakening that uses your birth time to reveal your one-of-a-kind energetic blueprint so that you can get insight into the gifts that you are born with, how your energy is designed to operate in the world and with others, and so, 
so much more. At its core, human design is all about coming home to your true, authentic self outside of the conditioning that has been placed upon you by the world, your family, society, etc. It has changed my life immensely for the better, and I can't wait to share its wisdom with those who feel called to explore themselves on a deeper level. So if you're interested in joining the waitlist, you can do so on my website at litupaf.com. The waitlist will not only be the first to know when my books are open for scheduling, but they will also receive a discounted rate on the reading. So be sure to join that waitlist if you are interested in getting a great reading at a great price. Okay, let's get back to today's show. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Mitzi Campbell. Mitzi is someone who I have known since the end of last year. We both took a course on podcasting together, and in that program, everyone was assigned to a small group of people so that they could have accountability buddies throughout the course. And Mitzi and I happened to be assigned to the same small group with five individuals, and even though the program has long since wrapped up, Mitzi and I simply never stopped meeting because we enjoy one another's company so much and have gotten so much value and perspective from the conversations that we have together. So now I am thrilled to be sharing her magic with all of you. Today's conversation really covers a wide range of topics, but the common thread pulling us through today's journey is how to become a self-empowered individual by using the lessons that life throws your way to become your most authentic self. I strongly feel that there is something for everyone in today's interview with Mitzi, so buckle up because this episode is going to be one hell of a ride. But before we dive into the interview, let me take a moment to read you Mitzi's bio. Mitzi has spent over 35 years in education. She teaches. Her dynamic skills in the area of academia, psychology, nonprofit leadership, and the creative arts inform her life story in continuous, priceless, and powerful ways and allows her to impact and uplift others with divine sincerity. Mitzi is the creator and host of the Blessings podcast, where she uses her platform to connect humanity and inspire personal growth and self-discovery for the good of all. Without further ado, let's welcome Mitzi Campbell to the Lit Up AF podcast. Hi, Mitzi. Welcome to Lit Up AF. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Jenny Rose. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, this has been so long in the making because Mitzi and I have been in one another's spheres for quite some time now. So I am so, so excited to have you here. And of course, I've already done an intro for the audience, but I would love if you could share in your own words who you are (laughs) and what you're doing in the world. Yes, uh, I'm Mitzi Campbell. I've always been a teacher. And as I think about it, I've also always been a student. I'm a person who really notices things and goes deep into my inner world uh, on the things that I notice. I'm always in flow kind of between that external and internal uh, noticing. And in my adult life, I've been an educator for the past 35 plus years, spent over 25 years of that as a college professor. I also have worked in psychology and have degrees in both education and psychology. And I've also worked in the arts. I was a photographer for a long time and also affiliated with different arts organizations and had even an art curation business for a while. And I've also had a real estate license. (laughs) So I'm kind of a jack of all trades, but primarily um, and really foremost, an educator 
and that's that's how I have decided to spend the rest of my life kind of reaching people through the larger classroom of life. Ooh, I love that. That kind of just gave me shivers. And Mitzi, you and I are both like very deeply interested and involved in spirituality and personal development and all of that. And I'm curious, so there's this thing called Dharma, where Mm -hmm. it's sort of like Dharma is your life's purpose. And it's so interesting when you're talking about your history here, because it almost feels to me like your life purpose isn't necessarily something like, okay, I am a teacher, for example. It's like it changes and it evolves. But that thread that's pulling you through your whole life is that you are an educator and that you're you're sharing and you're teaching and you're connecting with people in some way, shape, or form. And I'm so curious just to kind of hear from you how you always knew that this was sort of your destiny. Uh, I don't know how I knew, but I did always know from the time I was a child, I knew that I was a teacher. I was here to teach and I, and it's become more clear as I'm intentionally focused on what my purpose is and have asked for guidance on that, that I've received the messages that I am here to illuminate lessons in life to facilitate them. I feel like I'm more of a facilitator than a, I'm not, you know, imparting knowledge necessarily, although that is part of my job. I'm helping people to find the lessons that they need to learn on their own. And so I I see that that's my purpose. I mean, from the time I was a small child, I was playing school. I was always the teacher. That was always it. For a brief period, I wanted to be an architect, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it was because of the Brady Bunch. And I, you know, beyond that, I just always was a teacher. I acted like a teacher, even as a child. That's what, That was all I played, all I did. And it was just a natural evolution to becoming certified as a teacher and to continue working in that field. And it's evolved. It continues to evolve the way that I, the way that I act as a teacher has evolved. So it's, it's very interesting to think of it that way. I think a word that you used there, illumination, I think that's such a beautiful description of the gift that you bring to this world. Because like I said, at the beginning of the episode, Mitzi and I have been in one another's spheres for quite some time now. And so we meet every week. We actually started podcasts around the same time. And so we meet every week. And that illumination is something that has always come through in our meetings, Mitzi, where it's like you're constantly sort of shedding light on whether it's like the technical side of questions that I have on the podcasting side or just that spirituality, personal development that growth factor. It's like you always have these beautiful nuggets of wisdom to share. And so I want to talk about your podcast because you started the Blessings podcast, which is a combination of the words blessings and lessons, which I love. I just think that is so cute. And you use your podcasting platform as an opportunity to connect with other people and to provide an opportunity for them to share their own blessings and lessons from their unique life stories with your listeners. So can you tell us a bit about why you felt called to create the Blessings podcast and why storytelling is so important to you? Yes, I had been curious about podcasting for a while, but 
what happened was last summer, I went through a, a bit of a health challenge. I woke up one morning with vertigo and I was unable to live my life as I normally did for several months. I was completely debilitated. And during that time, I couldn't use any of my electronic devices. I couldn't use my phone, my TV, my computer, nothing, or else I would, you know, fall into uh, dizziness. And so I wasn't able to teach. It was the first time in my life I wasn't able to formally teach that semester. And so I decided that I had to do something. And somewhere in my life, I came across the ad for the podcasting course that we both took from Kathy Heller. And I decided, all right, I can listen to this course. I, I couldn't participate in written format or really watch the videos, but I could listen to them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I started the course and that's when I started to get clear on my calling. And I think that once I decided I was going to do it, it gave me hope that I could heal from whatever was causing my dizziness and my vertigo at the time. And so it gave me a light into the future. It gave me a new version of myself. And when I came up with the name for the podcast, Blessings, I can honestly say that was a divine download. It just came to me. I'd never heard that word before. I didn't really know for sure what the podcast was going to be about, but I knew that it would be about humans and their lives and their stories. It would be an exploration of human connection. It would be an insight into the human condition. It would be about people because I had been feeling since the pandemic, as many people did, a very strong sense of division and separation. And my spiritual beliefs have me knowing that we are all connected, that we are all one. And so I almost felt like there was a force kind of working against that. And I had to be a counter force to bring us back together. And so that's, that's kind of where I, I, I knew all those things were going to be a part of it. And then I just asked for guidance again. And, and the name came to me and I thought, okay, blessings, the blessings and lessons of life. And that's how it started. Isn't it so funny how sometimes our darkest moments, which feel awful when you are in the depths of them, they truly end up being our biggest blessings, <laughs> shall we yeah. say, because, you know, this path opened up to you specifically because you were going through that challenge. And I think that it's so easy to despair and to lose hope when you're in a dark place like that. And I just think that it's so magical on your end that you decided to turn it around and look at it as a new opportunity to explore something different for yourself and to become this new version of yourself instead of falling into that pit of despair and just being like, okay, I can't do any of the things I want to do anymore. And I just think that that resilience is something that is so uniquely human. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so beautiful to see. And so I'd love to hear if you're you know, comfortable sharing, because I know that it's very vulnerable to talk about something like a, a health crisis. I'm curious what some of your blessings, your takeaways from this experience has been for you. Mm. Uh, well, I am 
very grateful for the redirection from the universe because the truth is I had been feeling stuck in my career. I had been feeling a plateau. I had been feeling like, especially again, during the pandemic, things changed in higher education. It was not a good feeling. I didn't feel aligned. Um, and so when you are in a place like that, where you are knowing you're not in alignment with your circumstances, but you don't really know what to do about it. If you don't make a change on your own, the universe will make you pivot. It will give you something to push you into a different direction. So that's how I see this health crisis for me. It was a redirection. And it was not only from my professional career, it was also a redirection from certain relationships. It was a redirection in everything about how I was living my life. And so, you know, that's the takeaway. And I've heard other people say this about illnesses, that they are a blessing because they drive you into a new direction, a direction of healing, and most importantly, a direction of helping others. And I kind of think that's part of the lesson that I got from my experience too, is that I could use this to help others. And I'm still not out of the woods, but I wasn't going to accept that those symptoms I was experiencing were going to be permanent, just like someone with any other type of disease would say the same. I'm not going to let these symptoms define me. And so you have to find a way of, of making changes in your life. It's like a forced change, you know, because there, there are things you need to do differently. And a lot of times those are gonna be things that um, aren't just in one area of your life, but many areas of your life. So you're gonna have to change the way you're looking at maybe your career, maybe your nutrition, maybe your lifestyle, maybe your relationships. It's all tied together because I think when you get to the point where you're experiencing a debilitating illness of some sort or chronic condition or just even a temporary condition, what happens is not just one thing that kind of triggers it. It's a, usually a perfect storm. And I know that was the case for me. I had extreme stress and that combined with some other environmental factors and lifestyle factors, and also things that I didn't know I was actually experiencing physically inside my body and it all just came together at one time. So, you know, if life has been trying to give you hints at things you're supposed to learn in small ways and you're not noticing them, which is, I think what was happening with me, I wasn't noticing that things or I was noticing them, but I didn't do anything about it. I didn't do what I was supposed to do or what the universe was you know, telling mm. me I was supposed to do that it is going to continue to hit you over the head with things. And then it'll get to the point where you're, you're like really whammied and then you'll be like, okay, I see it now. So that's the blessing. I want to dig into that a little bit more because so Mitzi, you and I have talked about this in the past where we both listened to the highest self podcast by Sahara Rose. And I remember hearing a while ago on one of her episodes, and this was during my own sort of like big you know, crisis time in my life where I was making a lot of changes. And she was talking about how Dharma in particular, you know, your life's purpose. She's like, you could be driving down a highway in a car and the universe is telling you to take a right 
off of this exit. And the universe is constantly sending us signs and signals. And a lot of times we either don't notice them, like you're saying, like little signs and signals, and we might not notice them, or perhaps we ignore them because we are trying to live from our mind. And we're thinking like, no, this is the right thing to do or the logical thing to do. And so she was talking about how you keep driving down this road, you keep getting signals like take this exit, take this exit, take this exit, and you keep going, 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 and you're ignoring those signs from the universe. And the farther you go, the louder those signs mm-hmm. start to become. And eventually something big might happen where it's like, okay, you got a flat tire or you get rear-ended by another car because it's sort of like, hello, you are not listening mm-hmm. to the signs and the signals that I'm sending you. So I'm curious, it sounds to me like you you didn't experience a ton of resistance in, in at least like this particular instance where maybe you had finally learned like, okay, I need to listen to these signs and signals, but you've made so many pivots in your life that I'd love to hear from your perspective. Like how do you hone in on these signs and signals that the universe is sending you? And how can you surrender in a way that is releasing some of that resistance because all human beings, they fear change. It's scary to push yourself outside of the comfort zone. Do you have any tips for people on how to figure out how to follow their own divine path in life? Yes. I mean, for me, the biggest thing was I would experience physical sensations. And so, I mean, I could use as the example, I had a, a friendship at the time, kind of around when this was happening with my health and the friendship was falling away. And the person that I thought I knew had betrayed me. It was so hurtful. And for so long, I tried to continue the relationship. I tried to fix it. And every time I would get into a situation where I was supposed to see this person, or we were going to get together, it never seemed to work out right. Or I would get a stomach ache or I would get a headache, or I would feel like, oh, I don't really want to go. I have to gear up for it. Those are all red flags. Those are all signals. I should have been willing to let go of that relationship, but I didn't want to. And that's part of our attachment. Like, you know, there are things in your life and you come to love them, or you come to feel like they're part of your life. They're, They're meant to be there. But the truth is that everything is temporary. And some things are only meant to be there for a short time or just a particular season. And it's hard to think of relationships in that way, but it's the truth, you know, that, that things are aligned with us or not aligned with us. And when they're not aligned with us, we get signals. And a lot of times those signals come through as physical sensations. And that's what you need to listen to. And the other thing is your, you mentioned the comfort zone, which I think is really interesting because it is tricky because you're always thinking, uh, all right, I need to push myself. I need to push myself and not be afraid to go out of my comfort zone. And that feels uncomfortable. But then at the other, at the other side of the coin is the idea that, well, I need to tune in when it feels uncomfortable because that's a signal. <laughs> so finding the balance it's really individual and unique and you need to figure out when is that feeling of discomfort for my highest good? And when is that feeling of discomfort giving me a signal that I need to not do this thing? I think it's very tricky. I agree. That is very tricky. And I think (laughs) especially for people like you and I, who are very drawn to personal development, it's sort of like, okay, we always want to be improving, growing, learning, and 
at least for me, there can be times where it's sort of like, if I'm not pushing myself in some area of my life, it's very uncomfortable for me because I feel like I'm not leveling up and I'm not, you know, um, sort of improving as a human being. And I always have this drive to be improving, but there is that opposite side of the coin where it's like rest is also very, very important. And whenever you're on a healing or growth journey, you don't want to constantly feel like you are trying to be evolving because there is a ton of value and just also like resting and just being in the space that you're currently in. So how have you navigated finding that sweet spot that you're describing? Of course, it's going to be very unique to every individual, but have you found that balance? I think I'm much more in tune with it now than at any point in my life. And I think it takes a lot of practice. And I, for me, the, the way that I've learned to tune in is through meditation. And I meditate regularly, not always every day. And sometimes it's not for a long time. And sometimes it is for a long time. But when you are used to having a regular practice where you are able to get quiet, everything on the outside and just tune in, you'll be able to feel more comfortable with trusting the inner guidance. And when you get those feelings and those physical sensations, you'll be able to recognize whether the sensation is telling you this is a little scary because it feels exciting and I know it's for my highest good, or this is feeling uncomfortable because this is something that isn't aligned with where I want to go. So I guess that's, that's a good indicator for me is that when I think about who I want to be or where I want to go, and if the thing that I'm experiencing discomfort about is either taking me there or taking me away from it, that helps me to tell whether my funny feelings in my tummy are a good anxiety or uh, excitement, or if it's the other kind where, you know, it's giving me the signal to avoid it. If that That's, makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I've talked a lot uh, on this show about learning to get out of your mind and into your body, because I think yeah. for so long, I spent all of my time and energy living from the neck up, like really just like mm -hmm. everything was happening in my head and not realizing until I really got into human design that our bodies are constantly sending us signals and that, you know, there is a sort of energetic frequency that you can tune into and tap into once you sort of have that awareness. And the first step to gaining that awareness is learning to tune into yourself, whether it's through meditation or journaling or whatever practice feels natural to you. It doesn't have to be meditation, but I think that for every single person that you talk to that is on some kind of journey like this, they have a practice that allows them to get back in tune with their body and back in tune with their intuition. And I just feel like that is so, so important. So it's really, really nice to hear how you've made that work for yourself. I want to switch gears a little bit with this next question, because I want to dig more into the work that you are doing in the world. And your work tends to revolve a lot around tapping into your past in order to move forward in your life. And I know that you're also in the process of building a course that's going to help guide and support others through this process. And so I'd love if you could give us some high level insights, at least into how someone might harness the lessons from their past to help themselves build a better future. 
Definitely. I think there is a big push um, in the personal development world for us to stay present, stay in the present moment. And I agree that the present moment is the only moment there is. But if you are forcing yourself to stay in the present moment, even though there are things that are calling you from your past, you might have regrets. You might have situations that um, have stuck with you that you can't shake things, people you haven't been able to forgive. Even if you haven't been able to forgive yourself, something you wished you hadn't done anything like that, that still calls to you. If you try to repress it or force it away, you'll know this already. If this has been what you've been trying to do, that it will not stay down it will not stay gone it will keep coming back and it will come back stronger every time because you cannot just cut off your past and ghost it in that way you can maybe for a short time but eventually it will come back to you because when you're ruminating on something it means two things one it means that you care deeply about that thing there's something there that sparks deep emotion in you. And also it means that there's a lesson that you haven't learned yet. And I think when you're working with your past experiences to help to transform who you are in the present and also to inform who you are going to be in the future, that you have to take it through a specific set of thoughts. And I relate this back to Bloom's taxonomy, which is the levels of thinking. When you are thinking about a past experience and you're trying to analyze it, you're trying to understand it, and you think that you understand why it happened, you think that you've got it, but yet it still doesn't go away. It's because you haven't taken it all the way up Bloom's taxonomy to the highest level of thinking. And the highest level of thinking is where you take that analysis and that evaluation and that understanding, and you bring it into something new. You have to create something new from it. And a really good question to ask yourself in order to be able to do that is, how can I make something good out of this? So normally, you know, when we're stuck on past experiences, it's because they're negative things or difficult things. And so how can I make something good of this? That's how you can find the lesson by asking yourself, what could be good in this? And no matter what the situation is, you can find something good in it or a good that can that you can make out of it and transmute it. And that's what you have to do. You have to create something new. You have to be able to get into the level of thinking where you are above it and you're able to make it into something useful. So recognizing the lesson, analyzing the lesson, understanding the lesson is not enough until you take it and make it into something brand new. And then you'll be able to recall that event or those past experiences without the pain. And by the way, living in the present moment doesn't mean that you've just forgotten your past. Like your memories are not going to be erased. <laughs> You're still going to have them, but you won't be living there in terms of, you know, a, a rumination cycle. Like you'll get out of that loop. So I feel like when you're in that cycle of rumination, you're like, you're caught in a little loop in the past. And so you'll be able to get out of that loop. It'll still be there, that experience, but it'll be helping you and not hurting you. 
I think the rumination piece and the loop that you're describing is very important for people to understand. It's reminding me of when I was going through my own really challenging time where my husband and I separated. And I've talked a lot about my personal story on this show. And I remember that one of my best friends at the time was like, Hey, like, let's do this tarot reading. I have this tarot reader who I've gotten a couple of readings from. She's phenomenal. And so when I was doing that reading, I was like freshly separated and really kind of going through a lot. And she pulled these cards and she described to me that there was a karmic lesson that I needed to learn in this life about forgiveness. And she was very clear that she was like, this cycle has come up for you numerous times and you have not learned the lesson of forgiveness yet. And so this is why it's coming up again. And it's the the hardest challenge that you faced yet. And she mm-hmm. described to me that the lesson was not just about learning how to forgive others, but also mm-hmm. learning how to forgive myself. And I really think that that tarot reading just like sort of, blew my mind wide open because it stuck with me. And I kept thinking to myself, whenever I would get caught in this loop, I'm like, what do I need to forgive? You know, what aspect of myself do I need to forgive right now in order to move forward? And I think just like having the words there to describe that this was the loop that I was caught in just changed my life because it helped me to get out of the loop simply by understanding what that loop was and and what was existing for me. And so something that you just described is being able to get out of that loop so that it no longer holds this sort of like emotional stranglehold over you. And I'm curious, you know, given your background in psychology as well, how can people not just recognize that loop, but how do they sort of transcend it in a way that allows it to no longer have that emotional power? over you for me what you just described is the key and that is that it is always about the self Mm -hmm. that these situations are mirroring something to us in us because whatever the loop is that you're caught in you're caught in it the other people who are in that situation are not in that loop with you only in your mind it's about you so you need to figure it out And the idea of forgiving the self is really, I think, what belies most of the issues of rumination. It's it's something in you. And, you know, whether it's just forgiving yourself for not knowing what you didn't know at the time, which allowed you to get into a situation that still feels like it's harming you, whether or not it was your fault doesn't matter because there's still some element of your involvement, your responsibility. And that's really the number one key to personal transformation is taking hundred percent responsibility. So if you're not able to find and forgive something in yourself in a situation, it means maybe that you're not taking responsibility there and you have to figure out how to do that. It's really the only way. That is such a powerful realization because when I was going through that period in my life, at first I was, you know, really blaming my husband for more of what happened between us and sort of the the cracks that were happening in our relationship. And then I, by having that conversation about that karmic loop of forgiveness and how I needed to learn to forgive myself, I had to finally take radical accountability for the role that I was playing in the dysfunction of our relationship and realize that anytime that I have 
allowed somebody to treat me poorly in any scenarios because I, I truly allowed it because there was a part of me that thought that I deserved that treatment mm-hmm. and thought that it was what belonged to me. And I was mm-hmm. able to finally break that loop by realizing that, you know, I wasn't the version of myself that I always perceived myself as where I mm-hmm. thought, okay, you, you can let people treat you poorly because you can take that. You can understand always that other people are hurting. And so the way that they treat you is a direct reflection of their hurt. And I finally realized that like, yes, you can have compassion for other people, but it is you and only you that can tell others how you will allow yourself to be treated. And I feel like that was truly the key to the loop was learning to take accountability for the roles that I was playing in any sort of dysfunctional dynamics that I had with anybody else, not just, you know, the situation that I was going through at the time in my romantic life, but anytime I'd hit any tension in any kind of personal relationship, it all came back to that one core belief that I had. And by finally breaking out of that loop, it's like everything in my life changed because I had finally recognized that. So it took me a really long time to see that pattern in myself and that tarot reading was specifically, I think, the the entry point. It's one thing for people to understand and see and recognize the loops that they're caught in. Do you have any advice for people who like maybe they don't know where the loop lies for them? Maybe they don't know what it is that is kind of holding them back. Do you have any recommendations for how people can maybe start to tap into that subconscious side of themselves and understand where they are holding themselves back? Yeah, this is perfect because it's exactly what I do in my coursework. This is a perfect example of how you need to move back in order to move forward. Steve Jobs quote about, um, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards by looking backwards, right? But you cannot connect the dots if you cannot see them. So if you know that there's something wrong, for lack of a better word, or you can't move forward, or you're stuck, or you're not where you want to be or who you want to be, you don't know what's holding you back. There's something there that you need to find. You need to dig it up. And the best way of doing this is just to start thinking about memories from your life, starting in your childhood. Start thinking about stories. When you think about what is your earliest memory, what are some of the first things that you can remember in your life? What comes up? Start writing them down. Don't even worry about what they mean. Just start writing them down. And as you start thinking about things that happened to you as a child, you'll start to get more and more of these memories and they will continue to build. And if you keep a record of them, keep like a a story bank or an anthology that you write out of these stories that you remember, as you do this, you will see patterns emerge and you will find out where your limiting beliefs come from. You will find out where the habits and maybe um, mistaken perceptions about the world have originated. Because the things that have stuck with you, the stories that will come back to you are there for a reason. And so when you go through your mind um, and try to make those memories tangible again, and they could be happy memories, they could be sad memories, you know, whatever they are, they're coming back to you because they are the ones that are the dots. They are the stories that are the dots that you need to connect. And you need to figure out by letting them come to you over time and and over a long time, 
why they're coming to you. And, and that's how you get to see where the patterns are. And that's how you figure out why you're stuck in these loops and what they are. You know, it's very interesting the way it happens, but it, it works. That is so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I definitely want to <laughs> dig in a little more later into the course that you're going to be building and how you're going to be helping people. But you have interviewed a ton of people on the Blessings podcast. And I love how you approach this where you have some folks on who are maybe more existing in the public sphere, you know, people who do a lot of work online or have their own courses or ways of supporting people. But you also interview a lot of people who are just sort of like the average everyday person who doesn't necessarily want to have their own podcast, but they have a story that they want to share. And I love that you uplift the voices of everyone because you're like, everybody has a story to share and everybody's story has value. I'm curious out of all of the folks that you have already interviewed on the show, are there any particular stories that really stick out to you that you feel like everybody should just hear this story because there's a, a takeaway that is going to be so valuable for anybody, regardless of their background, their life circumstances, all of that? Yes. Uh, I mean, all, I think all of the stories have that kind of a takeaway, to be honest. Um, one of the biggest, um, I think most powerful uh, stories that I've that I've dealt with recently is um, Dr. Terry Walls, who is a woman who um, has MS and she was in a wheelchair and she actually got herself out of a wheelchair and eliminated most of her symptoms of MS simply by changing her nutrition, her diet. It's freaking amazing. Like that, that we, it really never hit me so strongly how what we eat makes such a difference in our lives. And most people can just go, you know, go through their lives and not even worry about it. But when you get something that's going wrong in your health and actually this happened with my health issue as well. Um, and you realize that, okay, I can't eat gluten because the gluten actually gives me neuropathy actually makes my fingers numb. <laughs> and that doesn't happen to everybody, but you know, when you start to be able to tie your nutrition to a physical symptom and that you realize you have control over it. And that's Dr. Walls really is the one who solidified my belief that I already had that we are self-healing beings. Mm -hmm. We can heal ourselves from trauma, from illness, from anything we can, we can heal ourselves. Um, and it's very powerful. So her episode is super powerful. And also because she says her MS was a blessing because it led her to be able to help so many millions of other people to see that they could heal themselves. And it's, it's just it's just crazy powerful. And then the, the other one would be, um, well, there, there are just so many, but Kathy Kehoe is another one of my episodes. Kathy is right now um, living with stage four lung cancer, which is the disease that my mom succumbed to in 2001. And, and Kathy also sees her cancer as a blessing. And she has had a very traumatic childhood. And it also illustrates how trauma in your childhood leads to disease. Um, and the same with Dr. Wells. Dr. Wells had some trauma in her childhood that lit, that she believes contributed to her disease. And so that's why it's so like, I'm so passionate about helping people to realize 
that they need to work through the things in their lives. This is why you cannot ignore the past because it will come back as a disease in the worst case scenario. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. I don't want anyone else to get cancer. I don't want anyone else to get a debilitating illness. Like I want us to be healthy and happy as a society, as a, as a like race of beings, the human race, like we need to see how we can live our most joyful, most fulfilling lives and how we can learn the lessons that we are supposed to learn. I, I feel like there's something telling me that people are not learning their lessons as well as they should be learning them. And that it's my job to help people to learn their lessons more effectively in this lifetime so that they can go to wherever they're supposed to go next in and ascend somehow and become something better, you know, something higher, something more enlightened at some point. I feel like it's connected to the consciousness, to be honest. It's, it sounds very deep and woo woo, but I really feel like it's connected to the consciousness, this learning of lessons. We love deep and woo woo here. So go <laughs> as deep and as woo woo as you want, because that is what lit up AF is all about. And I love those two stories that you just shared, because I feel like the more research that's coming out lately about how everything is interconnected, like everything. what you eat, trauma from childhood, there's so many different elements of how everything that you experience, everything that you consume in some way, shape or form, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, all of that, it has lasting and profound effects in your body. And I've had my own health stuff that I've been going through with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I did an entire episode about that. And there's some early research coming out about how, once again, you know, trauma in your early life can really impact that. And so many women have that. And so I want to make sure that I link both of those episodes from your podcast in the show notes so that folks can check them out, because I think that there is just so much value to opening up the discourse around that. Something that you just mentioned was about how your, you know, dream and your purpose in life is to help people have their most joyful, fulfilled life experiences without all of this suffering that can come mm -hmm. about from not learning their lessons. Obviously, Lit Up AF is all about creating a life that lights you up. So there's a lot of overlap here in the two areas of interest that we find ourselves sort of delving deep into. I would love to hear from you. What does it mean to you to create a life that lights you up? And what are some ways that you have found to be effective to do this for yourself? I think for me, having a clear vision of who you want to be, a good exercise to illustrate this point is to think about who would your alter ego be? What would your alter ego look like? The very best of you, <laughs> the very best of someone out there who might be imaginary, or maybe it's some kind of a celebrity who could embody what your best life would look like, what you would look like at your best. And so I've thought about this a lot lately. You know, I have like Beyonce has this alter ego, Sasha Fierce, who Sasha goes on Fierce, stage, yeah. right? <laughs> and she's like, just this powerhouse. And you think someone like Beyonce wouldn't need to create an alter ego. Like she's, she herself needs that, you know, and it's very interesting, but it's so helpful as a tool 
when you can really imagine what would I look like if I were at my best and living that life. And so I sometimes think about my alter ego and it's kind of like a combination between Gwyneth Paltrow walking off of her helicopter into the Hamptons, <laughs> which is so far from my current life, but man, she owns it. She does not feel at all unapologetic. She, I mean, she don't, she is unapologetic about it. Like she just owns it. And then there's some other, uh, there's this beautiful model, Dietzen, Dietzen Kraus, I think her name Yes, is. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I, don't, I know I'm exactly not, who you're talking about. probably not pronouncing it correctly, but she also, she's very effortless. She's the opposite of kind of, of Gwyneth Paltrow, although she's also beautiful, but she, she's very natural. She's very into spirituality. She's very into natural living. She's very into that kind of alignment with energy and flow. And so being someone like that combined with somebody who's also like just owning their shit is so attractive to me because when I start thinking about who I really want to be a successful person, someone who's, you know, large and in charge, someone who's like a, a mentor to others, someone who's making a great living at doing what I love from anywhere. Like those are all things I want to, you know, embody in my life. And then, you know, what happens? I start to feel a little bit guilty. Mm -hmm. I start to think, wow, if I was, you know, as rich as Gwyneth Paltrow, I would have to make sure I took care of my sister. I would have to make sure I took care of my dad and maybe they wouldn't have that and I would have it. And so I would feel guilty about having that and them not having it. And I would have to make sure I was taking care of them. And then I start to feel like, you know, that little bit of guilt creep in like, oh, and then I, then it leads me to, well, so many other people just don't have as much. And I would really have to be responsible for helping to be a steward for, you know, some kind of service, community service or whatever. And then I start to feel that guilt come in and that's when it's a block, you know, that's blocking it. So it's very interesting that you bring that up. So I think for me learning, and I'm still learning this to embrace what I really want. Do not feel guilty about what you really want, who you really want to be. Embrace the shit out of that person because otherwise you're going to get her. She's not going to come because you're going to block it. So that's what I struggle with right now, actually. And that's what it means though. But like all of my life, I have always set up my life in a certain way. And when I go back and think about it, and anybody who's listening probably thinks the same, well, the same thing would be true for you if you go back and think about it. Everything you've always wanted that you've actually gone for, you've gotten. Every single thing that you've wanted, that you've actually worked for, you've gotten. And that's true. I wanted to be a teacher and I got to be one. I wanted to have a family and be a mom. And that's what I did. I wanted to be a college professor and that's what I did. I wanted to have a house. And so I got one, you know, I wanted decorated a certain way. And so I did just those natural things we take for granted. Those are all manifestations. That's what manifesting looks like. You see it, you make it happen. And we just think that because we have grand ideas, those are somehow out of reach, but they're not. They're just as accessible as the small things. We just have to stop blocking ourselves by thinking that they're out of reach. They're not out of reach. There are people every single day who do all kinds of amazing things and live all kinds of amazing lives. It's possible. So that's how I work with making my life lit up is to try to recognize when I'm 
experiencing those blocks and to really, really let myself embrace without guilt every single thing that I want. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Would I love a pair of three carat diamond earrings right now? I would love them. I would love to have those and I will have them. <laughs> and I'm not going to feel guilty about wearing them when I get them. <laughs> so things like that. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. I feel like you just made such a good point here that even in our wildest daydreams, we somehow still try to stay small because we let the guilt creep in and we worry about other people and what other people quote unquote can't have if mm -hmm. we have it but truly the belief there that we all need to have is that just because you have something doesn't mean that other people can't have it and I love mm -hmm. the whole concept of like the like well who am I to want this thing to believe that I can have this thing and it's like who are you not to have this thing because it truly is such an abundant universe and the point that you made about how the manifestations that come through for you things like having a house building a beautiful family becoming a teacher the reason why those all came through for you was because you simply believed that you were allowed to have them that you right. could have them and so they came through for you because it wasn't outside of the realm of your belief system or possibilities to you. And so they came to you naturally and sure, maybe it takes time for them to come to you, but they came to you naturally because you always understood that it was your right to have those things. Whereas the things that don't ever come into our manifestation is because we don't think that we're deserving of them. And so they never come through because our perspective of ourselves does not match the frequency of what it is that you're trying to call into your life. So I'm very curious. I know that you said that this is something that you are still working through yourself and it's definitely something that I'm also still working through on my own end. But do you have any advice for people who maybe have these limiting beliefs that are holding themselves back from getting the things that they want in life that will light them up. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial thing or like a, a certain amount of money, because I believe it's never really about the money. It's about the feeling that mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. looking to call into your life that a certain, you know, item or a certain level of money. It's like, it's not about the money. It's about the security that you feel. It's about the feeling of abundance that you have. So how would you advise somebody to maybe notice some of these limiting beliefs and work through them. Mm -hmm. Again, they come from somewhere in your past. Mm -hmm. So if you are able to call forth stories from your life about, if you're, if you know what the limiting belief is, like if you have a block around money, if you have a block around love, you always keep attracting the same bad relationships there's something in your past around relationships and you have to go in and look at all of your relationships and figure out where the pattern is. And the more you call back memories and create that story bank, the more you will be able to see the connections. This is where you can get to the root. And then once you see those connections and those patterns, then you just have to take it through 
that thought process where you're creating something new from it. You're thinking, what is the good that I can bring from this, bring forth from this situation? I can pinpoint right away all of my limiting beliefs around money. I can pinpoint limiting beliefs around, for me and my family, it was, there was definitely a lot around money, but also around traditional roles and male and female roles in the family, Mm -hmm. which were very beautiful and served us well at the time. But, you know, growing up, I never really thought of myself as an independent entrepreneur type of woman at all. And that's only come to me recently. And I had a different picture of what my traditional family would look like. And it did look like that for me. But then I got a divorce and I was a single mom. And now I had to reinvent myself and I needed to be someone different from who I had um, pictured myself as all those years. And I embraced that person. So going back to the question, you really have to get real with yourself. You have to go inside and get deep with yourself. You have to go and explore who you have been in the past and who you are now and make a connection between those two people. Like how did one lead to the other? You can find those answers, but you can't be afraid to call back the stories. This is why you know, the whole thing about living in the present, like, I also want to point out that just because you're bringing up memories does not mean you're living in the past. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand when they hear people like Eckhart Tolle, who I admire very much, talk about being in the present moment, being in the now, living in the now. Um, They mistake that for just cutting off your past or repressing it. And I don't think that's what he means at all. I think um, he means kind of reckoning with with things so that you can be present and being able to be at peace with things. And the only way that you could do that, in my opinion, is by taking a look at those things that you have to go back to move forward sometimes. That's such a powerful realization to have because I think that the key component here is that there is an integration process, that it's not about forgetting, repressing, pretending that something never happened. It's all about integrating it so that you can move forward in a whole, whole, like a whole more complete version of yourself. It's like everybody has aspects of their life story that are painful, but there's a difference between having a scar and having mm. an open wound. Yeah. And I think that this integration piece that you're describing allows something that maybe was an open wound that was continuing to fester. Wow, this is I'm getting a little gross with this analogy, but like <laughs> this wound that is like festering and just kind of like bleeding out poison into you, even if it's not something that you necessarily notice day to day, but it's happening underneath the surface. It's so impactful and negatively impactful. But when you learn to heal that part of you, that scar will always be there. It's not that it no longer exists within you, but it's healed and you're able to Mm -hmm. move past it. And I just feel like that is going to be a very, very powerful and profound thing to offer to people who are still carrying around those old wounds that are still impacting them negatively. And so I do want to move us on to a lightning round of questions so we can talk about just some like fun stuff and get to know you a bit better, Mitzi. But before we do that, you spent so much of your time in the interviewer seat and now you're the interviewee. And so I'm curious, 
Do you have any lessons from your own past that you want to share with people that you feel like is just like helpful perspective for people to have as they're moving forward in their own lives? Hmm, And this can be as mundane as you want it to be. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I think we all have things in our lives, times in our lives where maybe we didn't know any better. And we beat ourselves up for those things. We think, um, I wish I wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. or wish that hadn't have happened to me. And just being able to give yourself the grace to be human, you know, and to realize that that the reason why you had to go through that was because you had to learn. You had to be able to know better now. You had to be able to build yourself into the person you are now. You're not born in this body. You're born as a a, a being that has to learn and go through a process. It's like building a house, you know, your house, you don't just, it doesn't just appear like a whole house starts as a foundation. And then it's got all the boards and it's got the sheetrock and it's got the paint. It's got all the appliances. It's like, Building is a gradual process, no matter how you slice it and you're building yourself. So for me, the lessons that I've learned are to forgive myself for what I didn't know when I didn't know it. And that is over a variety of different circumstances, but that's the overarching thing, you know, and in my life, as I've, I've talked about, I have very big mother wounds and the mother theme continues to come up and so that to me is very interesting and I continue to see how that applies. And when I, what I've learned, I'm continuing to learn more and more about that mother theme that comes up in my life. And what I decided actually, as I was thinking about this recently was being a mother, I think means being a steward. And so I'm thinking about that in my own life. How am I a steward going forward to bringing forth some sort of nurturing into the world, like that mother energy. So those are the two big things I've been thinking about recently. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, Mitzi. Let's switch gears and do a lightning round of questions just so everybody can get to know you a little bit better. So uh, Mitzi has no idea what I'm going to ask her I about have these no questions. Idea. <laughs> so we're just going to be surprising Give me like her, a Coke so. or Pepsi thing? <laughs> yes, something like that. So um, these can just be quick, fun little answers or go as deep as you want to. So let's start with an easy one. What is your go-to morning beverage? Coffee, tea, how do you like it? That sort of thing. Well, I used to be a pot a day of coffee girl and I had to cut out caffeine. Um, So I am now a tea person. And right now I am a dandelion root tea with a half a teaspoon of raw honey. Ooh, sounds nice and sweet because I know that dandelion root can be a little bit bitter. So it's nice to have the honey in there. Yeah, I love that. I've definitely had this uh, tea blend recently that has dandelion root and burdock root. And like, I just, I love the idea of sort of like healing, self-healing. Yeah. (laughs) So I love that. Okay. Amazing. I'll have to try some dandelion tea with honey in it. If you could go anywhere in the world on an all expenses paid trip, where would you go? Oh, I would go to the South Pacific, probably Bali. Bali. One of those islands over there. Beautiful. I have never been, but I would love to go. I feel like all of the pictures from there are just absolutely stunning. And I'm like, take me somewhere that has turquoise waters and I will be content. 
Um, I'm really curious to hear your answer to this next question because I know that you are a big reader and so am I. So which books have changed your life for the better? Mm, uh, the One of the most life-changing books I've ever read is um, The Four Agreements mm-hmm. by Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe. And um, another book that I just absolutely love and go back to from time to time is The Little Prince. Huge um, metaphor for life. I also love um, anything really deep, like, uh, I don't know. I I love, um, as for as in terms of fiction, I love John Irving. I love um, Ayn Rand. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just kind of deep. Um, yeah, and I, I just finished another really good book too by Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, The Biology of Belief. Also a very good kind of life-changing book that, teaches you that you are in charge of your body and your cells and your genetics and everything. Very, very impactful. So those are my top ones right now. I love that. I feel like there is a theme in your work that's all about self-empowerment. And that's really amazing because I think so many people feel like they may be victims to their circumstances. And you know, of course, I want to be very clear that for anybody that has trauma in their past, it's like it is not your fault what happened to you. However, there is this belief that I think we all need to have where it's like it is our within our power to heal and move yeah. forward because we can't go back and change the past, but we can absolutely learn from it and integrate it and move forward, which of course is all about the work that you do. So I just believe in that so strongly because I think everybody needs to know that they are empowered to create the life that they want to create, regardless of the circumstances that have held them back in the past. And I don't want to bypass that some people are going to have more challenges because of what they've gone through. But I just think that everybody needs that little bit of belief that they too have the power to move forward. So those books sound amazing. I'll have to check them out. What is your astrological sign? So this can either be your sun sign if you only know your sun sign or if you know your big three, like your sun and moon and rising, you can share that too. I only know the sun. It's Libra. Okay. You are such a Libra. I love that. You're all about balance and beauty and value. I was going to ask you to guess because you probably would have known that. <laughs> yes, you do. You do very much strike me as a Libra. So that makes so much sense to me. I love it. Um, what is currently lighting you up in life? Mm, possibility, potential. Mm. Um, gosh, sunshine. I mean, I see the light in the world in a new way, in a whole new way, uh, because I've made such a shift and I've gotten to meet, you know, people like you and I've gotten into these deep soul connections with people, many of whom I've never met in person. And it's eye-opening. It's, it's expanded my worldview so um i'm all about expansion um and i you know i wanted to to add so we've been talking about the self a lot and i think um people tend to think in 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 black and white like it's either the self or it's the community and that's really um uh, it's a fixed way of looking at things because that's not the way it is when you're 
focused on the self, you're doing that in service to the world. Mm -hmm. So it's tied together. It's not just one or the other. You know, it's, you can't have one without the other. And so to, to be able to look at when you're thinking about how you're nourishing yourself and the things that you're, that are going to light you up. Um, it's really important to remember that like focusing on the self is not selfish with a bad connotation. That's, that is the best thing you can do for the world is to focus on yourself It's the best thing. Cause you, you know, imagine a bunch of soulless disconnected people walking around together. That wouldn't be a community. Like you have to have the self development first. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm just excited about that. I'm excited about learning more about myself. I'm discovering new parts of myself all the time. I'm excited about growth. Um, I'm excited about learning what I don't know yet. So all that stuff. A student of life, just like you said, at the very beginning, you are both a teacher and a student. And I'm so happy that you brought us there because I think especially for women or anybody who is socialized as a woman, we feel on this deep level that we have to give, give, give Mm -hmm. to everyone around us. And we forget that we also need to receive. And so there is this push and this drive to give to others, even when you're on empty. And so I love what you're speaking to there about the cultivation and nourishment of self, because just to take it back to the very simple analogy of like, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And so ideally everybody is able to fill themselves up in a way that they are overflowing with life and love and fulfillment and all of those good things. And then when you take the time to fill yourself up, that overflow nourishes everyone and everything around you. And so it should never be about giving so much of yourself that you have nothing left for you. It should really be about cultivating the self in service of the community. So I love what you said there, just about like bringing it back to like, we are all part of the whole, but it is our responsibility as well to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of the whole and the community. So I love that so, so much, Mitzi. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Before we close things out today, I would love to ask you, where can everybody connect with you and how can they get involved in your work? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, my my favorite platform to use is Instagram. And so Mm -hmm. I'm at Mitzi Ann Campbell on Instagram. My website for the podcast is blessingspodcast.com. As of September 1st, I'm launching a new website, which will be my name, mitzicampbell.com. That's coming out September 1st. And that will also be the place where you can see my new masterpiece, Life's Work course, which is called Life Work, Life Story Work. And that will be on my website, mitzicampbell.com. You'll be able to get more information about that. And it's really just going to be a place where you could take the deepest dive you've ever taken into yourself to figure out all of these things that we've been talking about today, just to live your very best life. Um, it's It goes deep. It's definitely not something at the surface level. And um, it's a commitment. It'll be a 12 week course. So I'm just so excited about that. I think that's really my life's work up to this point. Although I know there'll be much more that I will bring forth, uh, you know, once I continue 
just continue developing things and developing myself. Um, but those are the biggest things. And Amazing. yeah, I'd love to have you listen to my podcast, everyone who's listening and give me feedback and let me know what, what you think. Um, Cause I always want to make it the best that it can possibly be. It's already amazing. There's so, so many good interviews on there. So I'm going to make sure that I include everything in the show notes so that people can check out all of the things that you are offering. And just so I'm clear, I know the new website's going to go live on September 1st. If I include the link in the show notes now, does it just take folks to a landing page that's like coming soon or something like that? Uh, yes, it, it will probably take you to a landing page that will say something like, yes, coming soon, something along those lines. Cool. Yes. So the domain is already yours. So oh, I will yeah. include it in the show notes so that anybody <laughs> listening at any time will be able to find all of your stuff. Well, yeah. Mitzi, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast today. I feel like we had such like a juicy and wandering conversation, honestly. And I love that just being able to touch on so many different aspects. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your light and your wisdom with all of us. Thank you so much. I loved it. I love it. I feel like we, we sat down for coffee. We'd never get up. <laughs> Truly. <Or> tea. Tea. <laughs> tea. Dandelion tea. And yes. I hope that we do have the opportunity to do that at some point. The next time you're in the Boston area would we be will. amazing. We will. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Well, there you have it. A big, big thank you again to Mitzi for joining me on the show today. Our conversation seriously lit me up in so many ways. I feel like we just got to really dive deep into a few different topics that I'm really passionate about. So I hope you all enjoyed this conversation with Mitzi just as much as I have. Be sure to check the show notes for links to Mitzi's website and her social media as well as links to the two Blessings podcast episodes that she referenced in our conversation today. The work that she is doing in the world is just so important and so valuable, and I am just really, really grateful that she took the time to share her story with us on the podcast. For more from Mitzi, be sure to check out the Blessings podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Thank you all so much for joining me here today. I will be back on Tuesday with another quickie Attunement Tuesday episode of the Lit Up AF podcast. I hope you guys have the most fabulous weekend and we will chat again soon. Until next time, love you. Bye. If today's episode lit you up in any way, please consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you feel would benefit. If you want to continue the conversation on today's topic, I would love to hear from you over on Instagram at litup underscore AF. Lastly, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and review for the podcast to help it reach more listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found value in today's episode. I'll be back next week. Love you. Bye.